Hello and welcome to I Wish I Knew That About Songwriting. My name is Jamie and I'm going to be your guide, taking you through every single thing I wish I knew about songwriting before I started in this game. This is an episode that I've been trying to get organised, I would say for nearly two years, because this man that we have in front of us and you're about to hear from has changed my life. And he's so humble that he probably only let me have, he's helped me change my own life. But this, this, this bloke here, this old bloke here, has UK number ones. He's got European number ones. He's made films in Los Angeles. He has helped more people than you could probably ever comprehend, me being one of them. He's an incredible bloke, but not only that, all those things. You can go and look him up. Pete Curley is the man. But he's got so much still to offer and he's still working so hard in lots of different projects that I'm really proud to even know about to bring artists like you guys an opportunity. So, Pete, welcome, mate. And thanks for being on. I paid, I paid him a lot of money to say that, by the way. <laughs> Big invoice, yeah. Uh, Jamie's one of my favourite guys. You know, he's, he's, he's like a slightly, only slightly younger version of myself. <laughs> You know, being being a very creative, passionate person, and you know, also entrepreneurial as well. So, I see a lot of a lot of things in you that I see in myself. You know, and and hopefully, on occasion, I can help you stop making some of the mistakes that I massively made through my twenty eight years of, of of being a professional songwriter and record producer and all the other bits and pieces that go with it. Yeah, there is a lot to Pete and I think a lot of stuff we won't talk about yet, but we'll reveal as we go through the podcast in future, because I don't think this will be the last time. But as Pete said, he has definitely steered me away from cliffs. He steered me away from things that I was too early interested in and too unable to, to really execute on. And I can't really put a value on it. So without crying, I'm not going to do that. We're going to go, <laughs> we're going to go into what Pete is offering for you guys to be able when this comes out you'll be able to be a part of it but pete could you take me through what you're doing because I, I absolutely love it top to bottom can we get some like i need some like hans zimmer music or some like yeah. big, big product <laughs> we'll call alex. To, to help me alex. to help me kind of talk through <laughs> this just to just to backpedal a little bit about me and what i've done and what i'm doing i, I you know I, I hate talking about the success stories because actually i think it's the disaster stories that are far more important and far more interesting but i have been doing this uh, my last full-time job, I was 18 years old, working in a record shop, um, 51 now. So it's it's been all right. I've been an artist signed to an uh, independent label. I've been I've had publishing deals as a songwriter. I obviously, worked with all the major record companies as a record producer and songwriter. I've been a manager to artists. Uh, I run a small publishing company and a small label as well. So I've kind of I've got the whole spectrum of of the business you know I, I know how artists work and the frustrations that go through that you know i know how record companies work and obviously i know how to write and construct songs and, and that goes into artist development you know a bit of mentoring as well on you know and trying to find you know the, the real artist inside of all of us really so um and i've also spent a lot of time working for charities like help musicians mentoring up-and-coming artists the ivan novello trust i definitely really enjoy talking to people that are going through their creative journey um i've because i've been there and i i feel that again some of the things that went wrong for me you know you know my and right of course and right but also just just it makes it more human it makes it you know sometimes you sit there and feel like nothing's working and i feel like crap and i don't want to admit that things aren't great and when you hear somebody else saying it can be it can be you know it can be hard and it's been really hard and it's taken a lot it just you know for some people that gives them a real boost so i'm um alongside all the things that i'm doing right now which is i'm doing less writing now more 
kind of music entrepreneuring and again trying to help new artists and writers on their journey but i um because i'm so sort of passionate about this kind of tier of unsigned artists which it's really difficult to break into the first circle of the industry which is you know the first step of kind of whether your goal is to get deals or get big you know big spotify playlists and all the rest of it but um i'm doing a talent search in the uk uh, which we're announcing on friday the first of december so i'm looking for the top 100 unsigned artists to basically send me their music will obviously dissect it have a listen um there's no criteria as far as social numbers all these things which which is a big thing in the industry and it stops a lot of people kind of progressing and um we're going to be doing some live heats around the uk and um basically that top 100 artists that we find will kind of go head to head with other unsigned artists and the final 12 will get to record in the spotify studios in london with me and we'll be creating the first unsigned collective album so it'll be 12 of our top artists and um yeah we're just going to put an album down so you know original songs so everyone will get their one track and you know the collective really because i just think sometimes there's a power with with you know artists coming together and you know complementing each other and using their own little inner circles to kind of grow grow the message and another artist could help you know promote your music so it's a bit of a collective so yeah top 100 artists unsigned up for getting on stage and having a bit of a play with their songs we're offering some um industry insight evenings there's a whole package of things that that are included in this if you get in the top 100 uh so yeah that's it really it's um it's brand new we are trying to piece it all together by friday because we want to announce it friday and i really want to hear some music we can just stop the interview there because that might be the most valuable genuine meaningful and caring injection of someone's experience and expertise yours pete into a project that i've actually come across and i remember us having lunch last week again you would not believe the value you get sitting and listening to this man for a couple of hours it's it's unreal um but as soon as you started talking about it's like right you have to come on the show because you've spoken about so many things there first of all you said there's not going to be any kind of gatekeeping in terms of needing big, big social numbers. You're really interested yeah. in music. Is that right? Absolutely. You know, it, it's one of the, if you, if you think about how I don't want to kind of collect the whole industry as one, but generally speaking, you're judged not necessarily on your music first by a lot of people in the industry. You're judged by your numbers first. You know, and I think that's a massive shame, to be honest with you. I think it's really important to listen to the music first, try and figure out what the artist's trying to say. And hopefully that's coming across in their music. And just give people it's you know, it's it's a small stepping stone up, you know. Um, and that's what that's the that's the area that I think needs the most attention right now. That's fucking fantastic, mate. I get emotional when you talk about that stuff because you say it's a small step, but you have maybe you do actually, no idea how little encouragement people need just to get fucking going. You know, if you give that opportunity to someone to get on that stage and actually as you said something i preach in this podcast it's not necessarily who's on the stage or who's on the podcast it's who's left and right of you who are you going to meet at those events and how did you come up with everything that is part of that package and why did you choose all those things to be honest with you i really it wasn't really there wasn't much thought going into it i think um i think the unsigned collective which is what the album will be called I think sort of says what does what it says on the tin really it's an uns, it's that unsigned and the collective as we've just spoken about this coming together of of artists I think trying to find the top 100 it just sounded good if I'm being really honest you know um I, and and that could be it could end up being the top 200 we don't know yet until until people show show us some interest in this 
we don't really know what we're dealing with right now, to be honest with you. Um, but I'm just excited to get going, really, and hear some music. So um, if we're kind of going into details, so what will happen if, you, if anyone listening is actually interested in this? Um, on Friday, this Friday, the 1st of December, Jamie will have a link for you, which will be to a... Um, a little bit more information about the unsigned collective, a little, tiny bit more about me. And, uh, and as I said, the 12 finalists will end up coming with me to the Spotify studios in London and basically recording their track, which will be part of the tra- 12 tracks for the album. So 1st of December, you'll be able to click on the link and fill in some really basic information about you as an artist, uh, some, some ways to get your, to share your music with us via SoundCloud or where, wherever your music is. And then, by the 15th of December, that will be the deadline where we're closing the applications. And then by the 22nd of December, we will announce um, who's made it into the top 100. And then and then from there, we're going to be doing a series of regional live shows around the UK, um, looking at Liverpool, Bristol, London, Camberley, which is in Surrey, which is where we're starting this. Um, and yeah, we'll just have some fun. There'll be some insights going through it. We've got a 16th of January for the top 100. There's a, an industry insights evening where we've got a panel of industry experts and, and as many of the top 100 who can make it along and the ones that can't can join on Zoom. And we'll just be having an evening of just talking to talking to the audience backwards and forwards, really free flow, kind of like an ask me anything session. And then we've got some live music coming from a, a, an up and coming artist who's a massive t- TikTok sensation called uh, Fear Hamilton. She's she's just blowing up right now and she'll have some really good insights as to, you know, how she's done it and her journey. She's she's really inspiring because of her entrepreneurialism as an artist and hustle. It's not just about the music, you know. And I know our competition is, but listening to her and all of us really just giving you some of those tools that will inspire you to kind of like get your uh, can I say get your shit together or not? I'm of course not sure you can. Yeah, yeah, we swear it's okay. Okay. <laughs> One question, how do I enter, Pete? Can I enter? Click on the link, but of course you can enter. I don't want people <laughs> to think there's some bi- some bias though that you're going to instantly fast track into the top hundred. Yeah, I'll be there on the stage. I'll be, you'll be asking me questions. No, I think again, like <laughs> I think there's something special about you, Pete, which we need to just look at really quickly because everything you've done, as you so rightly did, backpedal on because I just feel like I'm talking to a mate. So all my hosting goes out the window. But all the things that you've achieved. You are very young for having achieved all those things, if I may say so, from what I can see. I know that you might not agree, and your well, wife might I would not, not agree. I would not agree with that at all, because this is spanning 26, 27 years. So, you know, you crush it down into a few headlines, and you kind of get, oops, sorry, you get, you, you here we go, you get this out, the Ivan Novello, and kind of like, uh, it's quite heavy, actually. We're not, we're not on camera out. anyway, are we? So it doesn't really yeah, matter. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. No, people um, can feel it. Uh, um people can feel it yeah that, that was just a very heavy award um which i just shared and somebody actually threw that at me quite a long time ago and it hurt quite a lot <laughs> let's not go there let's not go there <laughs> okay, no we don't have to go there but like i said i think and how, how i found pete so to speak was um a friend of mine who was on the show i think he just mentioned this name he mentioned hey if you want to learn about this it's pete Kirtley. i was like okay who's that i looked him up and then i realized I think I saw that bloke outside of my house at uni once filming a documentary. Ah. <laughs> and this was at a time where I had absolutely no idea. And I think I remember just, just brushing past you and you know, having a very frank conversation with Ollie Coombs, which we, we should not repeat on, um, on, live convers- on live air. But Pete, could you I just... I don't remember that comment. I love Ollie. What was the conversation? What was it? You were telling him something about needing to stop filming because it was very obvious that he was in a state that 
maybe wouldn't be considered legal on camera. I don't think that was Ollie, was it? Was it? <laughs> it was at house party in a university. What do you expect, right? But it's just genius. And I think that was my first um, experience of Pete, shall we say. And then the guy that I met couldn't have more time for upcoming people to the point where still when we chat, I'm like, Pete, are you sure this is all right for you to tell me all of this incredible information? And everything that you share with me, Pete, it finds a place. You may not know it, but I mm -hmm. listen to every word you say and the context of how you say it. And this is for me yep. just... Thank you. It's so valuable, mate. And it's allowed me to do things. And hopefully, like we said, there'll be a project that I can get, which might not be too far away. I can give to someone like you with that incredible yeah. experience. It's, it's funny with this industry, right? So if you're... I mean, the industry has been really good at... I've got to try and be very careful how I say this. The industry has been very good at allowing people that look unusual okay, to be pop stars. I mean, but 20 years ago, it was just good looking, fit. That that was the criteria, probably more so than the actual music. And these days, I think they've really covered some of the diversity um, ar around, you know, your, you know, sexuality or how you look. And it's absolutely fine. It's celebrated and all this sort of stuff. One thing they definitely have not tackled as far as an artist is concerned is how old you are. It's massively ageist if you're an artist still, which I think is really, really bad. Um, however, behind the scenes, people like me, it's okay. In fact, actually, people, you know, I, I still get you know quite young teams of people wanting me in the room because I know how to write. So I've been writing songs twenty, you know, a long time, and I I know how how big choruses need to be sometimes, and I can just add a bit of maturity to the lyric or, and the the arrangement and kind of give it that real solid structure. So we're quite lucky in that respect that, you know, what I've been through and I'm still at an age where I'm allowed to be in this industry um, <laughs> is, you know, I guess, you know, we're really lucky, but I do, I definitely think from an artist's perspective, and I might be wrong here, there may be some examples that I can't think of, but if you're 30 plus, you've really, you're really going to struggle now. Certainly if you're breaking through now, 100%. No, you're right, Pete. I'm not going to deny that. And of course, there are exceptions. But we have listeners on this show who feel like they're too old to write songs. And they're only like 35, 40. And it's like, no way. You can write songs forever, right? Yeah. Yeah, you've got to think about the, the motive behind writing the song. And I think the motive has always got to be the art, the creative, the, the vision, the dream, whatever it was, the, the bolt of lightning that just hit you that makes you want to write that song. It shouldn't come from a, I want to make money writing this song. That's definitely, that should not be the reason for doing it. I, I do spend a lot of my time people giving people calling me or or sending me messages asking me to listen to their music and asking for a little little bits of advice which I'm always happy to do and I love doing it and if I can help them that's you know obviously a massive bonus and I am starting to try and structure this now into something that can start to help people properly so you know like a, a proper gateway in to kind of you know tap into some of the things that I've been through and if I can help them yeah because there's things that I won't actually share on this right now that you've been able to share with me that have been pivotal and they can be small touches or what you think are only small things but at that time they were exactly what i needed to hear to allow me to keep going to allow me to advance and even very recently you were talking me through something that was a bit strange and a bit odd but you just got into it right let's do this let's try this and i'll update you on that later at some point but i also wanted to ask because people are going to be curious because as i said i know so much about you and i'm fascinated with the little the details and, and your stories and, and angles because they're so useful to me but why did you start writing songs what what do you kind of wish you knew at the start of that career as well if you can add that to the question so i was in, um i was a drummer so in my band i mean the first band i was ever in i was 11 years old there were three other guys who were 14 years old so they were three years older than me and i was really the reason i was in the band was 
A, they fancied my sister. And B, we had a dining room with, with some musical equipment. So and I was only 11. I didn't play any instruments at that point. So they put me in the band because A, they wanted to have a crack at my sister, which failed. And, and B, we had a dining room with, with amplifiers. So, um, but that was my first taste of being in a, in a room with a sort of band of brothers and messing around and all this kind of stuff. And I was playing keyboards, one finger keyboards at that point. That band went on to be a massive, uh, massive band in the late 80s called Bros. Uh, big boy band. I mean, a lot of people listening probably wouldn't know them, but and that had a big influence on me as far as pushing my musical career because I could see, you know, I was behind the scenes, I was backstage, there was lots of there was lots lots of fans going completely bonkers over these guys, you know, and being, you know, when they made it a few years later, I was fifteen at that point, playing drums, thinking, I've, I want some of that, I want some of that. So I pursued the drums. We got signed management at eighteen. We signed a small independent deal at. 19 but i was you know part of the songwriting process with the band but more of a rhythmical uh, side when that band after we tour we broke up it didn't work out the story isn't isn't a happy one we didn't we never had any major success but we tried for a long time i kind of sat there at 22 thinking what am i going to do you know what where what's my path and initially i thought i'm going to be like a phil collins where i'm going to play drums and sing and all this stuff but i'm not a great singer so i just decided i'm going to write songs and I'd been programming at that point. So I'd been programming beats and, you know, a few chords. And I had a small setup from the split up of the band. So I just started writing more tracks to start with. Lyrics came a lot later for me. It was initially, you know, chords, beats, lyrics. And I would just try and hook up with as many singers, singer-songwriters as possible. Um, and it really just came out of, I love music. I don't want to go and get a day job. Um, I've been doing music full time for the last three years. I want to try and carry on doing that. Uh, and after a small sixth month stint working for my dad in an office, I had long hair and like I'm, I'm filing like claims letters and stuff like that. And that was just the drive to go. I'm young enough right now to take the risk. I've got to try this. I'm going to try and just, you know, worked on my programming, worked on my chords, hustled lied tried to get in sessions with people rang and ring record companies lying pretending i've had cuts with all sorts of people just to try and get in the door um and back then you know i don't want to say making music's easy these days but we had there was no sounds there was no production buttons that you could push and you know to create the all the vibes that you need it was like you had to create all of this stuff yourself it was really hard to make records um and you had to be good so I had to learn my skills. And then, yeah, from there, just slowly started getting in the room, slowly started to get more confident. And, you know, and then you start to get a few songs recorded by artists. And, yeah, we just went from there, really. Yeah, but I, Again, there's so much in there. There's so much in there. And if I could ask, how long did it take you? Because you told me personally, but how long did it take you from when you sort of started really driving to get some stuff that you can be proud of and hang your hat on? Two and a half years doing it full time that's quick yeah i guess so but i mean I, yes I, I guess it i guess it is yeah now that's not going from earning nothing and making no records to earning loads of money not at all enough to kind of like get my first publishing advance which i think was 15 grand which was like you know back then was all right i was quite happy with that yeah that was two and a half years and you know loads of disappointment and writing terrible songs and i've, I've always had a bit of a delusion that all my songs are amazing <laughs> and it's good from a sales perspective because you can go in and just say, this is a fucking smash. It's fucking amazing. You know, and, and people feed off of that. But sometimes you're like, you listen back and go, man, that was a really bad, that was a really bad decision. <laughs> um, 
but I'd rather be that way than be too kind of cautious about it. I think you've got to really, you've got to be able to listen to your own music and enjoy it, right? Yeah. And also there's, there's something to be said about believing in what you're doing and being able to infect others with that positivity. Yeah, I, I do. And I think you know, confidence, a lot of creative people on the inside aren't very confident. You know, we're quite insecure because it's our precious art. It's our babies and we want people to like it. We spend so much time nurturing and, you know, developing it. You know, it's scared sometimes to touch it and put it out in the world because you just don't, you just want people to love it. So, but I do think the exterior, there has to be some confidence there. You know, I don't mean, I don't mean cocky. I just mean, you know, confident and believing in people look at you and they believe you when, when you talk about or when you're performing your music. And do you think you started your approach to songwriting when you were about 11? Did you start writing songs at that age as well? Yeah. I mean, you know, little hooks and jam. I mean, me, a friend of mine, actually before that, I, I was in a band called The Bumper Kids and we were like literally uh, seven or eight years old. And rather than playing cowboys and Indians, we were playing like DJs and, you know, rock musicians. <laughs> and we didn't have any, any, any equipment. We just had our cassette recorder and we were, we were just jamming these little jingles. Yeah. And the Bumper Kids. I, 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 I may have totally forgotten about that. There you go. You started I need to update it. my Wikipedia. No. <laughs> <laughs> the highlight, the headline. But it's just to speak to you having maybe at 25 got somewhere tangible but you started at nine years old that's pretty special <clears throat> my music my dad's side of the family my my nana was born in 1894 and she played piano in the silent movies now, get your head around that you know wow. so when movies first started there was no audio there was a piano player in the room at the front of the cinema reading the score whilst what was going on to picture. So she played the silent movies. So, and uh, my uncle was a Spitfire pilot in the Second World War and he, he was in America when Boogie Woogie, the rock and roll era came in and then my dad was playing piano. So my dad's an incredible jazz musician. He's also a banker, but he was a very, very talented musician. And actually his inspiration for me was really good because he's creative, but he's also got that business sense as well. And I think I'm, I'm a bit split personality like that as well. I need the creative side, but I also really really enjoy it and it's really important to sort of tap into the business side of what you're doing i mean everything you do your brand is a business ultimately so so i've had a, a really blessed musical family um yeah it's always been it's always been there that explains so much about you if i can say so and i think i love that your your nan was playing at that time it's just and nuts isn't it it does it just explain the way you are and i think you can as you picked me up from the, the train station the other day you pretended to run me over in your car which I think is hilarious. <laughs> but at the same time, you're more than happy Didn't to work. hash out. Damn it. I tried harder <laughs> yeah, yeah, you missed me. But you're more than happy as well to like hash out production agreements with me and sit with me when I'm really struggling something, which honestly you would find very simple, but you're very empathetic and, and able to, to sit with people. And I think your sensitivity and creativity is, is a strength in my opinion. Thank you. Thank you very much. I've never had so many compliments. <laughs> yeah so it's all for fakes mate no i try and load them on you when i see you but interesting we've we, alex's episode aired quite recently so you and alex garingas have yeah somewhat of a lovely history so just coming after your sort of 26 or so getting these cuts when did you start making records in europe not till i say not till uh well i had a number one in germany in 2000 2003 three 2003 i think which was quite a big number one there but we didn't go i didn't produce the record i never really heard it but it was a massive number one so i'd like to record we made, we made good money from it um band called no angels and i went there we had I'd written a song called shame with tim hawes andy murray and christian ballard four of us and it was on hold for britney spears for a while this was when she was 2006 this is i think was 
we didn't get the cut because she the album got shelved because she just shaved her head and was going a little bit um bless her she was going through some mental health stuff so this song was kind of like we felt really good about this song there was no one kind of uk us really looking so our publisher pitched it to germany and uh this band called monrose recorded it so i went to i went to germany to record with this band <clears throat> and alex, alex was also recording with them um and that's when I met Alex Garingas when he was in Germany and I just loved him. He was just, he's a funny guy as well. You know, he's, I think you've got to have a bit of a sense of humor in this industry, you know, when you're making records, it can be intense. You know, you've got, you've got difficult clients sometimes, whether that's the artist or the label and it's, you know, and you, you're really passionate about what you're delivering and there's a lot of politics going on quite often. So if you can goof around as well with other, other, you know, we weren't really ever, it never felt competitive either. He was making records you know, with other people and I was making records with other people, but there was always that mutual respect. So that would have been, yeah, 2006, 2007. That's great. And I just, I love the serendipity of that. Yeah. I mean, and actually, to be honest with you, I loved, Germany's a great territory. I I love it. And you you see more and more UK acts on major labels breaking through Germany now and then coming back into the UK, which is really interesting. Um, But yeah, I did, I probably did about 150, 160 records in Germany, which is great. Yeah, yeah, it was it was good, you know. Um, but yeah, no. And then Alex moved to LA, and um, we just—I I was in LA quite a lot. Uh, I still am, but I was like you said earlier. I did this crazy thing. I went to produce a movie in Hollywood, which was I love that about random. <laughs> um, and it was hard work, but um, so I was I was hanging out with Alex quite a bit out in LA. Yeah, he's great, and uh, and I remember calling you actually after I'd spoken to Alex. I said, oh. Pete, there's this bloke. You wouldn't believe how successful, how kind he is. Pete goes, what, my old best mate? I go, right, of course you know him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, we, 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 we've been kicking around a long time. So as the longer you're in, the more people you're going you're gonna to kind of like, going to hang out with. And some of them become really close friends like Alex and some not. Well, that's that's also true. And I think I wanted to just say that to me, looking at you and Alex, I can see why you've done so well based on, your time helping other people get to where they are very similar to the unsigned collective is like you've taken your time and expertise to give other people a platform yeah i mean you know it, it feels it feels like the right time right now and, and I, I don't know how many kind of i hate the word competition because it isn't really that but i don't know how many kind of events are happening like this around the uk or around the world right now we're just doing our thing i'm just doing my thing and, and you know hopefully i mean at the end of the day really if I can find 12 great artists, I can put the album out. You know, it's that simple. So um, I'd be happy with that. Yeah, I'd love to think that some are going to be listening to this right now. And even if it's next year, because no doubt it'll be successful and it'll be yep. a yearly thing, knowing you, yep. that they come on board and they feel like they can offer themselves. Because honestly, if I was listening to this as an artist, um, even myself, and especially you, Pete, I might feel some way intimidated if I was 14, 15, 16. Whereas if you've said to them, hey, it's not about numbers, it's just about whether you can hear something worth nurturing or someone has a message. Um, is that what you're trying to kind of look for? I think, uh, yeah, I just think it's the undiscovered, you know, the people that sort of feel, feel like there's almost lost, lost in the cracks here. And, you know, they're maybe putting music out and they're just not really pushing the numbers or, you know, maybe the, the, the music needs a little bit of work still, but there's the, the core talent is definitely there. It just needs a little bit of fine tuning and a bit of a tweak and a bit of, bit of confidence pushing as well. So I think anyone that gets in the top 100, I think I said the whole suite of things that we're offering for it. And um, if if one or two bits of that advice and, and, and being able to record at the Spotify studios in London is, is 
is something that would be exciting to you, um, then hopefully that's going to be a great thing, you know? Just please get involved, people. And it's transparent as well. I think there's a small entry fee, an incredibly small entry fee, but what is that? So it's free to, it's free for anybody to apply, of course. Amazing, um, amazing. The top 100, we're, we're asking for a £50 submission fee, which basically will cover um, the industry event. So there'll be a live um, industry panel event to come and join and actually talk to industry experts, myself, I've got um, two two confirmed right now. I can't announce right now. Um, um, obviously, the live event itself, and obviously the chance to actually record their song at Spotify Studios in London, you know, and be part of the Unsigned Collective. So, you know, it's a small admin fee. It's, you know, producing records is is not is not that cheap. So, put it like this: it's like you're getting you're getting a record produced for fifty for fifty pounds. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculously priced. And when you told me, I think. Even hearing it again now on this call with you, Pete, what actually is involved? Because I heard it the first time I was like sold. And now you're saying it's free to apply. And then if you get to the 100 and you get to yeah. get this suite of benefits, that is 50 quid. That's absolutely fucking yes. nothing. I ha- I'll yeah. pay for you guys if you get in touch with me. That's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> We're on, on top of that, there is um, so, some options to add on, some some sort of pre-mentoring as well. But if you click on the link, you'll, all that stuff will be will be uh, will be there for you. And look, you know, if people don't want to pay the money, we totally get it. You know, but it's and it also for us as well. Sometimes when there's a small admin fee, it just it just siphons out the good and the bad yes. and the serious. And that glad you said that because what we don't want we, what we don't want to happen is that people don't show, which which can happen. You know, and then and then you've got an event that's half full and it doesn't you know don't get that synergy of everybody being there. So. Um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully people find that acceptable. Hundred percent. And I remember, um, this is related. I was at the O2, and Drake was there, and Travis Scott came out, and he ran, and he fell into the middle of the stage, and he broke the globe for Drake's world tour. And there and then, Drake said, "I'm going to refund this evening," which is probably one and a half million. So, not quite the same numbers, but if you're listening to this podcast, you apply for this, you get through. Tell me, and I will pay your fifty quid because I think. What Pete is offering is ridiculous. And I know firsthand, um, as I said, I'm on a lunch for life retainer with Pete. So I always just have to pay for our <laughs> breakfast until I can get a big project. But I truly believe in what he's doing. And that's why I wanted him to come on today and talk to you guys, because this guy is the thing. He's the one. And he could be doing a million other things and probably charging a crap load of money for his experience doing so. But he's taken the time to put this together for you people. And I don't fully know how to package this, but it's just, it's fantastic. And this is exactly why I have this podcast. And people like Pete make the world go around, especially in unsigned music. Oh, stop it. Stop it. <laughs> I will now, actually. No, I'm kidding. But yeah, also yeah, that's enough now. All right. Something really interesting. Put me in yeah. my place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolute dickhead. No. So the, the thing that I think was really interesting is when you kind of redefined what unsigned actually means. Because I think unsigned is used a little bit as clickbait, but this is really unsigned, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. You know, that's, that's, that's the difficult, that's the difficult bit. And for some people, I mean, look, I'm, I'm, you know, to be honest with you, I'm also quite blunt as well. And I think some people sometimes need to hear, I mean, I've had music sent to me and, and, um, although I'm always careful because when people have spent the time to make, make something, there's nothing worse than, than someone just crushing it for, for un, you know, unnecessarily, but I've definitely have sold some people. I mean, and we won't be doing in the, doing this in this competition, by the way, either you'll be accepted or you won't. Um, but I, I think sometimes, sometimes it's important to be incredibly honest with people. 
and give them a bit of reality check, you know. And I saw that at the ACM. Where the Jamie mentioned earlier, I was doing um, a documentary at a music college. We were fo- we were following four students going through their this kind of like coming of age life cycle of excitement, you know, insecurity, and all this sort of stuff. Um, and um, you know, there were people that wanted to, that wanted to be in this program, and we just had to be really really honest with them and as to why that they weren't right for the you know, for it. And that is a lesson in life. Unfortunately, sometimes, you know, it's, you, you're not, you're not there yet. You're not there. I mean, it wasn't about me guys. I never made it to that. Meeting. <laughs> no, it wasn't about Jamie. No, no, yeah. no, no. <laughs> <laughs> but again, Pete, I really think what you're doing is fantastic and I could keep you for hours, which I will next time I see you. Um, I'm picking yeah. this, but honestly, guys, this is supposed to be something that's quite simple, quite clear and get involved, click the link. And as I said, I promise if you've heard it through this podcast and you want me to pay that 50 quid, I will do so because this is such a great thing. Um, Is there anything else, Pete, that you want to add to this or anything else that you want to kind of give people in terms of information about this? I think, I think we've covered it to be honest with you. I'm not here to try and oversell it. It's obviously you've got a great, a great podcast and, and, you know, your listeners are definitely, you know, this is in the right kind of area for them and what they're doing. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not really a salesman when it comes to this kind of stuff. That's what we're up to. It's happening. So deadline, as I say, the deadline is the 15th for your submission. 28th, um, is it the 28th? 22nd, we'll be announcing the top 100 and there'll be an industry insights event happening in Surrey on the, uh, on the 16th of January. If you can't attend in real life, we'll have a private zoom link for you and we will be taking questions from people who are on the zoom link. So they're still involved in the event. And on that event, there'll be four, uh, music industry experts. Uh, and then we've got, we've got, um, fear Hamilton coming on as well to perform live for everybody. And it'll just be a bit of a kind of like coming together kind of party really. And then we start the heats. So we haven't confirmed locations yet um, around the rest of the country because, to be honest with you, if if ninety nine out of the hundred come from Bristol, we're not going to do a heat in Newcastle. Um, <laughs> so there's just a little bit of logistics to kind of iron out once we start to drill down our top hundred, find out demographically where they are. There probably will be a little bit of travel travel involved, um, but it'll be worth it. Perfect. And I really do encourage people to take advantage of this opportunity. It might happen every year, but this might be the only year. So make sure it's yours. Take that step up. Getting time with Pete, I promise you, it's life-changing. Um, and I would like to thank you again. No more compliments, I promise. He's already blushed. He's already blushed. But um, thanks for your time today. But in general, I really do appreciate what you bring to the world of music. And I really look forward to hearing this record when it comes out. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jamie. I love your work too, mate. And uh, really appreciate having me on today. Get signed up. Link will be below. Bye. Cheers. Bye. The episode might well be over for this week, but you can still do so much for your songwriting right now. If you want to send in a song for submission, for us to review or ask us a question or just say hello and get in touch you can send us an email i wish i knew that pod at gmail.com we'll get right back to you with whatever you need if you would like to join the discord then in this very show in the links below you can do that why not bring some friends why not tell people about what we are doing so this can be even richer for you and your collaborators if you want to get in touch with us on instagram i wish i knew that pod And if you really want to help the show out, if you feel like you want to contribute more than just your precious time, there are some incredible resources that I've vetted, picked, approved, 
for you and if you use the links below to purchase them it will help this show out massively and keep us going and keep us finding people like you all over the world and of course if you want to book a call with me you can do so i am there you can go to my website jamiecarlcoop.com or check out the link i'm there for your questions your projects if you want to talk theory if you want to talk about relationships if you want to talk about anything i am there for you look forward to meeting you thank you so much for listening to the show and wherever you are i wish you all the best with your songwriting i'll speak at you very soon